see if this dude starts recording. We have nothing witty to say to start with. So, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, The Misplaced American. I am your host, Justin White, here with Janine Usher. She has no cool introduction because she decides to not take time out of her busy week to send me any information or take notes. So, this podcast today is going to be completely about nothing, about everything that I decided to think of. Hi, Janine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I love the way that the topic you decided to think of is me. Oh, um. but yeah, well, <laughs> so the, the interesting thing, uh, it was brought to my attention by the person who decides to not think of anything else besides, you know, let, asking me what to, to do for the po- for our podcast. <clears throat> I'm kidding, guys. I'm sorry. Because like, the bottom two subjects are mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, people don't know you. People no. don't know who you are. Like you mentioned before, I have, we have a good amount of listeners every week now. Uh, actually, more listeners now than I have ever had before. So thank you, by the way. You are welcome. Uh, yeah, people don't know who you are. Uh, I'm still learning who you are, which is which is nice. Uh, we always have like interesting stories before, or after podcasts, when we're hanging out and doing stuff. Uh, so yeah, like. Well, I listened to obviously your um, early podcasts, and um, I was saying to you that like your first couple are kind of your background who you are so when you're if somebody was to tune into your podcast they could then go back and be like okay I get why his viewpoint is this or um his perspective or just an form a picture of like who who's speaking basically um and it kind of I thought and obviously because you have listeners both this side of the pond and the other side of the pond um who know you back home suddenly occurred to me that your listeners in the states or even your friends don't actually know who this well-spoken british lady is on your podcast each week so who sounds so pretty thanks <laughs> uh, behind a microphone right you know? so, so yeah i mean i guess you start from the beginning you know the <laughs> were you were you born in a hospital no i'm kidding no so. uh Just but, in a bush. but yeah but no like uh like you know who are you like you know like Who's Janine? Like, how would you like if if like if you walk you walk into an interview, for instance, a job interview, and they're like, you know, use three three words to describe yourself. First of all, how would you describe yourself? Um, I'd say strong, uh, compassionate, and oh, why is the third one like always so hard? Um. You start so strong. <laughs> you yeah, start like me, strong, be low. It's like I smell nice, I look nice, and I like to eat. <laughs> and I'd say vulnerable too. Ooh, okay. So I guess so. Using those words, looking back at your child, because honestly, a lot of people, a lot of people can pull from their like an earlier time in their life to put put them where they are now. So like, yeah. obviously, I remember you telling me, uh, you. I'm not sure you were adopted or... Yeah, so um, so I was born in Plymouth, which is the bottom of England. Yeah. Um, where we all talk funny, drink cider, and lots of farmers. Um, so I was born in Devon, and um, I didn't have the, the best setup, so um, didn't have the greatest um, sort of mum who... At, I'm sure was going through her own struggles which I can probably when you're a child you look back and you think that your parents don't have any problems you know this that and the other but now you're an adult um so she was struggling herself as a person so um at five I was taken into the care system and um at eight I got my forever home with my parents now so was brought up from Devon to here at eight um with my brother and sister so kind of a rocky, rocky start. Um, but I think that is where my independence and strength comes from because you, I kind of had to um, draw on resources that what I feel that children shouldn't have to draw on at such a young age. Um, that almost survival instinct, um, as well as looking out for my brother and sister as well. Um, so I think that's possibly where my strength comes from but also my um my barriers I put up 
because I think going through that at a young age kind of carves and molds you into a person. So I can sometimes be quite guarded. And I think that's just my defence mechanism. When you live with something for such a long time at such a young age, that becomes your, your default almost. Oh, that makes sense. Like, oh, because, I mean, obviously people don't know you, but I know you. And it actually explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, have you ever talked to your mom, like your biological mom, like after? Um, no, I, obviously I was five when uh, I was separated from her. Um, and back in the day, you had kind of weekly visits, um and but that kind of ended by the time I was maybe six and a half um and then um here in England when you turn I don't know how it is in the states but when you turn 18 you can choose to find your biological parents oh um which I know my my parents now would always support and I kind of went through that in my teens like I think it's the unknown isn't it like I want to meet her because what does she look like? Um, what is she doing now? All that kind of stuff. Um, and then I kind of became old enough and kind of struggled with it for a while. And then kind of realised that for me personally, um, finding her was for all the wrong reasons because it was kind of a resentment and kind of a, an anger fueled reason like almost a look how great my life turned out and look at my amazing kids and look how amazing my life is and then I kind of sat there and thought it's not a healthy reason yeah. to want to find somebody I know that my life's great and I know that my kids are beautiful and all that stuff and I kind of felt like it would just be kind of more of a a malice reason for wanting to go and seek somebody out um, and then also the flip side is she had the right to find me when I turned 18 and she hasn't bothered. So having children now, I just feel there's nothing that could ever separate me from my children. Like, you know, if, if it was you need to wait until their 18, their 18th birthday, I would have been submitting that paperwork, yeah. like making those things happen and this, that and the other. Um, and I think... Now I kind of, it's kind of a nothingness subject to me, really. Um, my kids know I'm adopted. Um, they ask questions and so forth. And for me, I'm I'm content and I'm happy. I, I think I've just moved past yeah, I mean, the and, situation Yeah, and now. it gave you like a, let me say, I, 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 we're going to find out more, I guess. But uh, like uh, the life you have now, well, it led you to the life you have now. Uh, I'm not sure how good you were in school, like as far as like a studious kid, you show up on time, you didn't do drugs or drink alcohol uh, before the age of 18, obviously. Uh, you know, you were the good, innocent girl, the good, innocent school girl who everyone admired and looked up to, stood up for what was right. Um, so I'm the eldest of three. So I have a brother who is four years younger than me and a sister who's five years younger than me. Um, and I was the good kid which I know right <laughs> um I, I remember having a conversation we were talking about um, my eldest and he was going through a kind of turbulent phase which I think he's still going through um and me saying I, I don't understand it I was such a well-behaved kid and we were at my parents house and Lily laughed and I said what she was like yeah all right and I turned to my mum and my mum was like Janine was like the model kid <laughs> like um I didn't really misbehave um I very rarely got grounded I didn't like to go out I was kind of like um how Amelia is now like I stay in and read my book and you know just please don't make me see people um which is the polar opposite to how I am now um I was really quiet at school I wasn't super academic um but I was always you know in class ready to learn like had all my stationery very organized um so yeah quiet didn't really play sports yeah loved sports so um loved english 
That was one of my strongest subjects. Um, disliked math. <laughs> um, and then my other subject was uh, PE. So I was on the netball team. I was on the rounders team. We played rounders, you know, you remember. Okay, like, okay. With kind the, of like softball. Like stickball, yeah. Which you thought was like cricket, which yeah, is nothing like cricket, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the netball team, on the rounders team, um, ran track. Um, Makes sense, you have stupid long legs. Did high jump and long jump. Um, and I guess the one debate I did have uh, in, in school was um, why I couldn't be on the basketball team. Did you not have a girls' basketball team here? We didn't. And the girls weren't really allowed to play basketball. And I think there was like five of us that kind of all kicked off. Um, and then I think the, 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 um, the PE teacher was so fed up with us all like whining, we were allowed to join the boys to play basketball. Wait, so do they, do they have one now? A girls' basketball team now? Um, I don't think they have a girls' basketball team now, but girls can play or take it as an option, or it is part of your... When I was at school, the boys did basketball and the girls did netball. What's a netball? Uh, netball is... Um, so you have hoops to shoot in, um, and you have a ball, but in basketball, you're allowed to travel with the ball and move. In netball, when you have the ball, you're not allowed to move with the ball. So once you've got the ball, you can't move your feet. So you have to pass to your... Um, your team player. So we what? have. You look so confused. What is it? Is so you have. Um, well, I, no, I get the concept. It's basically ultimate frisbee. What do you mean it's ultimate frisbee? <laughs> so, so you have the ball, and you need to get get it to your goal shooter to score. Okay. So yeah. So basically, or frisbee golf. I don't know where any sports are, but that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah. So girls did netball and boys did basketball. Um, and I was like, well, I, I want to do both. And it was like, well, no, girls do, bas- uh, girls do netball. So you could basketball. never aspire to be in the WNBA? No, which I've got incredibly long limbs and legs. So, you know, I'd be great at it. Well, they're also like six foot six. So, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I can run in heels. Um, but, yeah. So, so, yeah, um, I was on the cross country uh, team as well. Um, so used to go around the county um, representing the school in cross country running um, and I used to swim for the county so lots of sports growing see, up yeah see uh, yeah not me not <laughs> so I mean I guess, with, I guess with all that you know like you said you were inside kid you were quiet you know you so you you, you were studious to an extent basically I had a really um, strict upbringing um, have you ever heard of the phrase like the trial and error kid? Yeah. I was the eldest, so, and, you know, my parents um, went from having no kids to having three kids at like eight, four, and three. Um, so they skipped the whole baby stage. Yeah. So I was the trial and error kid. Like, we tried it on her, it didn't work. Probably won't try it on the other one. <laughs> um, but my upbringing was also, for me, quite strict. Um, I had. Um, really early curfews that if broken there was a punishment I wasn't allowed to go to like the parties from school or any of that um, I used to come home and it was like sit down at the table do your homework you know well not to be that's how it was not to be because obviously the time is different and I, I know growing up my mom would say certain things like that made sense to me she was like oh you know I was allowed to do certain things but my sister wasn't allowed do you think it's mainly just because you were you were a girl like, um, because I, I think part of it is that because then the next sibling down is my brother who was the wild child um, and he had a lot more freedom than than what I did um, but obviously I can't I can't say if that was because I was the eldest and they were trying to figure out their parenting style or is it because he was a boy you know only my parents will ever know those yeah. but I mean, the that's, that's boundaries are quite slack with him but then he is the very much the opposite of me he was not um as well behaved like he was very turbulent he pushed the boundaries if they said no he'd do it anyway like so he's a completely different personality to what i was as a child so 
it could be that I was easier to manage. So, you know, I just said, yeah, cause you, did, yeah. Yeah, you didn't say no. Yeah. It was like, all right, well, all right. Like, don't do this. Cool. Okay, fine, fair enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, he had a lot more freedom than what I did, but I think if they had tried to put those boundaries in place, he would have just continued to do whatever he liked anyway. So would you, at an early age, or I guess, cause I, I know you had Riley at what? 16? 21. I, I don't know you. <laughs> Who are you? I had Riley at 20. <laughs> um, I moved out at 16. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, house. that's what it was. I'm sorry. So at 16, I left home um, with uh, Riley and Amelia's dad, who is older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought a house. So at 16, I was kind of not like my friends. I'd moved out. Uh, we had a mortgaged house. Um my partner at the time worked and I went to college to do um, BTEC childcare um, in my phase where I thought I wanted to work in a nursery and love kids all day. Um, turned out I Full circle. Did not. Um, so yeah, at 16, I was running my own house, cooking, cleaning, going to school, being that kind of housewife sort of thing. Um, and I was mu- much more mature than my um, my friends. Um, I moved to Huntingdon. So um, all my friends were kind of either at college, doing A-levels, back in St. Neots, or do all that kind of stuff. So I kind of drifted from all that. Um, at 16, I moved, like I say, got my own house. At 17, I finished college, um, got a full-time job. Um, and all my friends were then my work colleagues who were in like their mid twenties to thirties. Um, so I found it much easier to identify with them than my, my peers who were much younger with my partner being older, working and so forth. I kind of didn't have much time for the, Ooh, so you're a bit of an old soul then. Kinda. So... I mean, to be fair, my older friends were not shy and retiring. Did you? Um, <laughs> they're pretty wild. Did you? So would you? So did you? Prior to moving out, obviously mm-hmm. living in your parents' house, uh, I know you said you were different because you got taken in when you were eight. Mm-hmm. So from the age of eight to like you know right before you moved out, was there like a goal set you had in mind? Like you know in school, like, all right, so cool, I'm gonna do this so I can you know have this by a certain time and like was there like a plan for like but prior to moving out was it like a plan for you like a systematic like I have this in order like not really I mean. At school, like I said, I wasn't very academic. I feel I'm much more academic now. Um, I feel stronger academically as an adult than I did as a child. Um, I didn't really have any goals other than pass my GCSEs, go to college. Like I said, at the time I wanted to do childcare. I also did um, health and social care. Um, But I didn't really have an idea of what what I wanted to be. Um, and kind of some days I'm still. I don't to think anyone. Out yeah. What I want to be when I'm a grown up. Um. So I didn't really have. I wasn't one of those people that were like, by this age I want this, and by this age I want that. Um. I, oh, so then moving out at 16, like, kind of goes on course with like, you know, I'm just going. I'm, I'm just going with whatever like opportunities come my way. Like. Yeah, I've never kind of really. I've never really felt my age. Like as a child, I always felt much more older and mature than I was but I think again that goes back to my initial upbringing and seeing and experiencing things that no child should have to experience it makes you older and also I was pretty much trying to raise and take care of my brother and sister so you're already much more of an old soul than physically you are yeah um so kind of for me, moving out at 16 felt fine. Like, and me and my mum have a great relationship now because we don't live together. <laughs> um, but as a child, I really struggled with that relationship because she came into my life at eight. And, you know, you expe- I'd experienced so much. And I was really, really attached to my foster parents before I, I came up here. So me and my mum's relationship was quite a struggle because it wasn't that stereotypical 
idealize like yeah. you know you've you've raised me in this that and i love i love my mum to pieces and now we have such a great relationship um but we're not a mother and daughter that see each other and speak to each other every single day um that doesn't work for us so at 16 i was ready to move out me and my mum were quite tense and you know everything else um and i'd say in terms of goals it wasn't until probably i had riley and amelia that's when my goals came in because i was like i need to make something of myself i need to pave a way that i so that i can show my children how things are done and so that i can they can look back and be proud of me and everything else that's kind of when my goal setting kind of came into play rather than one of these 16 year olds it's like this is my whole life yeah i'm gonna be a doctor by the age of certain yeah yeah that, that wasn't me so so having kids actually motivated you more i guess i guess you absolutely um i had riley at 21 um and then i had amelia at 22 i'd been with my partner from 16 to 22 had amelia and our relationship kind of didn't fizzle out we were happy but we just kind of knew that we could have been happier with other people um and or happier I'd... as friends basically. yeah um obviously you've seen me and my ex and we're still the best of friends we laugh we joke um and everything else and i was kind of battling with the whole being bisexual thing at the same time so although i was happy i knew that actually being with a woman is what would make me completely happy um so um we had a really amicable conversation um and uh he helped me get my own place um and this that and the other and yeah that's kind of when I kind of was like, right, this, who do I want to be? What do I want to be? But I think it's because I'd overcome the battle in my head of it's okay to like men and it's okay to like women. You don't have to choose. Um, but it was a really hard time for me because you go through, what are my parents going to think? What is everyone going to think of me? And I've got kids and, you know, this, that and the other. Um it took quite a while for me to to come to terms and be okay with that. This so. is the this is the part I was kind of hoping to get to because yeah. I'm really big on like uh, trying to be more aware of how I say things mm-hmm. or uh, coming off rude or inappropriate because a lot of times you know I'll say stuff you know back in the day you know growing up oh that's gay. And I didn't realize how offensive that was until like I had a, I had one of my friends who isn't straight uh, came to me came up to me or heterosexual I guess I can say and he came up to me and he goes he's like he's like it's not really okay for you to constantly like say something on Facebook like oh that's gay like that's offensive like so you're saying gay is bad and I was like oh okay I didn't get that I know you hate labels <laughs> big on names and labels but so how what like. Is there a, like a way if someone asks you like oh like are you like how, like if someone's like oh you're like your relationship with your partner or how is he doing and like what's so, like, like, see that's that's um, like it's initially again, everyone quite initially, a lot yeah. um, because I get told all the time well you don't look gay <laughs> and I sit there and go um, how how am I supposed to look to be gay and I think. It's still kind of the mindset of a lot of people go um, shaved head or short hair, you know, quite stocky, muscular, tattoos everywhere, only shops in the men's department. And I think quite often we're still stuck there when it comes to lesbians. So I, yeah, it's also, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't look how you would like to pigeonhole me. Um... So then I will quite often, um, it happens a lot like if I'm like at a meeting for the school or, you know, um, you know, I say, oh, my partner and they go, oh, so Amelia's dad. And I'm like, oh, um, Amelia does have a dad, but um, my partner's actually a woman. Um, her name's Lily, like this, that and the other. 
But the first instant is, um, are you single now? I have a partner. Oh, what's your boyfriend or your husband? And I think I've just become used to it now, even though I, part of me feels I shouldn't um, be used to it because I think we should be stepping away from... I'm a woman, therefore I, if I'm not single, I must have a boyfriend or a husband, mm -hmm. and vice versa. If a guy's single, he must... If he's not single, he must have a wife or, you know, this, that and the other. And I think part of me has become used to it now because um, it happens all the time. But I... The question I get asked most is, oh, so once, you know, you've got a, you've got a girlfriend, so you're gay... No, I'm, I'm not gay. What do you mean? You have a girlfriend? Yeah, I have a girlfriend. But I also like guys too. But you're gay. <sighs> mm. um, okay, well, and I always say, well, do you know what? If you need me to fit a label, then right now I'm gay. Because right now I'm with Lily and everything else. But it it does irritate me that you have to have a label you have to you have to fit a box you have to you know be on someone's checklist um it's a real not just in sexual orientation but it's just something that really irritates me well because you say because i moved here in the uk and i encountered uh because the uk is so small you encounter a lot in certain places like you you go from like none at all to like a lot in one place an area and so when i first moved to the uk uh, people would say we don't say partner in the states. Like you know, you like oh, uh, if you if someone says my partner, you immediately go to them like oh they're in, they're not they're not in a heterosexual relationship. They're like they're gay, they're bisexual, they're with someone of the same sex. Because like in the states, if you say my partner, like, you just it's almost like an uncomfortable thing. Where I'm from in the south, where it's like oh my partner, and someone goes mm. like to an older person turns their nose up at you like oh you're like you're gay or like it's almost like so offensive. if you're heterosexual would you say my husband my wife yeah you said my husband my wife you never oh, say my okay. partner you like oh, my girl or my, my my old lady something like that you know something like something that people know that you know you're with a woman or you're with a man okay but so if you say my partner it was like a nice way for old fight to like to segue into to, to yeah and so for old, old people to not ask questions because they could they'll turn their nose up at you well whereas here when i first moved here and who said my partner and so i remember like me and Brittany would always be like Oh, like, like wow! Like, everyone's like gay is everyone's gay around here, and then like then like we saw somebody like I guess first like walking walking down the store and, and something like oh she has a husband like or he is a he's a girlfriend like oh they said my partner we assumed they were gay and it wasn't until later we found out like, everyone just says partner yeah. here like so it just, that's a really big thing for me like uh, when people say partner I was, at first I was like what like everyone's like oh my god everyone's so gay here and it's great but uh <laughs> yeah i just um like i say labels are something i i don't like i think um as i can't speak for your side of um in america but here it's like you have to tick a box for everything and it just really it just really bugs me that we stereotype so much and we have to we have to have a label it's almost like well we don't know where to put you and it's like well i don't why do i have to fit nicely in this box because i have so many layers and thoughts and diversity that i don't want to be pigeonholed um but people do really struggle with it like if i'm because i am with lils i must be gay like Okay, so then like if you're being I, selfish. You're trying to have a cake and eat it too, basically. Like yeah, I mean, running joke for years is like my nickname is greedy. Like she oh. just won't pick a side. Like she's wow. she won't be straight. She won't be gay. She's just greedy. Why? Do, why? Maybe because I'm just, I'm really like accepting for a lot of things, but it's like the whole uh, you know, just because who you sleep with, like sleep with random people, do do what you want to do, like you're having fun, like you're having fun. Like I look at it as just you're just having a good time, like. I think for me, it's like, I always say to people, um, I look for the same things in a guy as I do a girl. Their chassis and their bodywork is just different. I look for the same compassion, strength, loyalty, you know, good parenting skills. To me, it's just the only difference is how they're packaged, what, they're, what their outshell is, you know? Packaged. Packaged. <laughs> um, so... But yeah, so it's almost like if I was to ever 
not be with Lily, by people's reasoning, I can't date a guy because you're gay. You've you've chosen your side, you know. You must date women There's such forever. a But it must be exhausting to have such a blind like wall in your life like like not you as a person but like uh like everyone else like like what do you mean you you like both like like what do you mean what do i mean like it's <laughs> i mean my parents so like there's a soap here called eastenders it's like a big television soap yeah. um and i remember my parents saying once um we don't watch eastenders because we just have janine in our life like you know you you're gay you've got different colored children different ethnicity children you know like your life is never boring you don't do anything by the book you and um this is my walk in life i don't i don't want to do everything to please everybody else like i'm happy with who i am who i'm with my beautiful children like i i just kind of if if anyone else has a problem with it that's fine you don't need to be within my my personal space um but I think people probably look at me and just go, okay, wow. Well, I was talking about you to somebody, I think in the States, and because I, I always talk to my friends, and I was saying, I was like, I was like, yeah, so she, her and her partner have, uh, you know, they have three kids, and they're like, oh, did they do like the surrogacy thing? And I was like, no. And they were like, so, like, what did they do? And I was like, oh, she had kids before she met who she's with. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Like, your listeners probably like, oh, this is the chick you were talking about. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I had um, I had Riley, I had Amelia. My relationship broke down. I dated women. Um, and then, like, dated one girl for maybe, what, three years. And she was the, the girl I was dating when I came out. Um, I remember coming out to my parents. And they were pretty much just like, that's lovely. Cup of tea. Um, and that was it um and i was lucky with my coming out that i didn't really lose any friends um some of the older generations in my family struggled with it a lot but again i had to understand that they're from a very different generation to me and it's okay because their mindset will as a thing probably never change you know um once i and then i dated um guys I dated girls on and off and then obviously got with Lily and we had Micah but again not through surrogacy just I carried um and it's it's yeah. it, it's interesting because like looking back like you said you being like I said uh the family at eight and then like you know you kind of becoming this super strict like you had to be this perfect mold of a child up until you know we're 16 it's kind of like you miss the whole experimental phase that happens i feel like in a lot like i'm not sure in, like in america for instance like people go through the experimental phase from like 16 through 18 or 21 because you're because we don't graduate high school until 18 yeah so we you know we go to college or university you guys call it and that's when everyone experiments you know like you you, you try drinking on your own you're, yeah. with, you're with your friends you know you do one night stands you do you're doing all these new fantastic things and you find out who you are a lot of people like for instance, in my town, a lot of my, a few of my friends actually who I grew up with, who ever you kind of knew, like they were hiding something, they were holding back because they, it's just who they, because you can, you can always tell like, who they are inside, oh, especially especially if you're if they're your good friend, you can always tell like they're hiding, holding something back from you. And then I had a really good friend. Um, he went to college, and we went to college, and I just remember him one day. He just like posted on Instagram. He was like, "I'm gay," you know, and it was like, and like the people close to him just knew. We were we were all like. Like, it was almost like a, oh, thank God. Like, he gets, he's able to say something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember his his brother, because I remember I went to hang out with his brother once, and I went up north with his brother and him to, uh for, for some holiday, I want to say Thanksgiving maybe. And his brother had a partner. And I think they were trying to, like, their mom was a bit older. And I, I'm not sure if they were just not saying much or trying to like, respect them, respect their mom. Like, if you would talk to either of them individually, the idealistic, uh, in America of two homosexual men is one's going to be like uh, Jonathan from um, Queer Eye mm-hmm. and you know the other one's going to be like the super butch macho man yeah. it's a stereotypical idea of what people thought a gay relationship was in America and so when I met them I genuinely thought they were just roommates him and his brother's partner and him were roommates and then I remember like leaving and his bro- he told me he's like oh yeah so he like, me, like my, my brother is like a uh, boyfriend or whatever I was like 
boyfriend. And then like in my head, I was like, oh my god, they're like it, I kind of put pieces together. I was like, because they, they they would be in the separate rooms a lot. They never they were never touching or kissing each other. Like they never did anything. And I can almost tell like maybe he was doing it. It's like my mom probably won't understand. She's yeah. she's older. I think, but they're because he and his brother I think, both adopted by her. Like I think they're both okay. So. Uh, I'm not gonna say any names. This is like amenity, yeah. but um, but yeah, I was looking. I was like, oh wow, like I think maybe they're just being respectful, or maybe you know they understood. He understood his mom wouldn't get it, so it was almost like I didn't know until I left, and I was like, oh, he's like, oh my god, that makes so that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> like, and then I thought about, it, I was like, wow, they are really good together. Like, they're so cute. Yeah, and, my, I was quite lucky. I mean. My parents love Lily more nowadays than they love me. They're like, oh, is Lily not with you when I come over? I'm like, she's working. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. My parents love Lily. Um, and they've always been really, really accepting of whoever I've brought home um, as long as I'm happy. And I remember when I was um, 16 and I was dating um, Riley and Amelia's dad, who was, he's 10 years older than me. So he was just about to turn 26, um, which is was and is still quite taboo that age difference is still a lot of people are a bit like um and i remember but here in the uk that's perfectly legal guys (laughs) like my my u.s listeners it is legal in the uk like the the u.s you might be freaking out but it's fine here so (laughs) but i remember my parents saying um you could date somebody your own age that treats you awful and breaks your heart as long as whoever you're dating treats your heart with kindness and loves you then then it's fine you know mm-hmm. um but and he's a really nice guy <laughs> he's totally the nicest. people meet him and go you and him like really yeah like oh um, my god like we not, make beautiful not, children. To, to be clear like you're not i'm not, I'm not calling you uh, evil uh i wouldn't use the word evil uh to describe you yeah words around nice. that maybe but not evil <laughs> uh but yeah i met him and i was uh, and like in my head i was like Oh, that poor man. <laughs> He's lovely, and he is still my best friend. Um, and we co-parent so well together. Um, we make this... Uh, he's, he's remarried now uh, with his wife, and he she has a daughter who's the same age as uh, Amelia. And the four of us, um, Jason, his wife, me and Lily, we sit down and make all the big decisions together, um, if the kids are in trouble, it's all four parents and them at the end of the table sat there and they're like, oh man, I've really messed up. Um, we've been on holidays together. We share Christmases together. It's, I love, I love him beyond repair. And he's that friend of mine that, you know, whoever he was dating, if they didn't treat him right, I'd have, I'd have an issue with that. He's such a lovely guy and he's a fantastic dad. Um, we were watching something the other day and, um, it was about, um, a couple that had had a kid together and they'd broken up and they were falling back in love and they would get back together. And I turned around and said to Amelia, like, oh, would you like it if, like, me and Daddy got... She was like, absolutely not. She's like, you're great as friends, but bleh, no. And I was just like, oh, okay. To be real, she probably gets she probably gets away with more with you. Na- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, if you were together, she would... So, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I was quite lucky. I came out. I didn't really lose any friends. Um... Well, it's family were fine with it. It's nice because you also have you also have kids that were around when this all happened, like a lot when a lot of yeah. this was going on. Um, and so it's like you're now you now you have a part of, now you're taking part of a generation or you're helping a part of a generation that like that's not going to ask stupid questions like oh my partner and then not ask oh so how's your boyfriend how's your girlfriend they're just not going to assume they're just gonna be like oh that's cool. I um yeah so one thing I've always been really um really passionate about is raising my children to not be ignorant. That is something I'm so passionate about. Um, So with Riley and Amelia, when I had them, I was working at a, um, like a supported living um, house for like disabled adults. That was my job. I used to um, care for disabled adults and so forth. And ever since uh, Riley and Amelia were babies, I took them in, they were around every disability you could think of. Um, I've always um, had them around gays, straights, transgender, gender fluid, um, every culture, black, white, Asian, like the whole lot. Um, Had them ask questions and so forth because I just don't want my children to grow up being that ignorant person or 
the person that feels like everyone should have a box and everyone should have a label that's something that for me has been has always been so important to me that is one of my sort of core values is respect everyone in their own right you're not better than anybody and everyone deserves to be equal to one another regardless of race gender disability absolutely everything i was always that person that um if my if my kids were staring or you know um why why does that person look like that or why is that child like that i was always the parent who was like well go and ask because i'm always of the belief that a person will respect you more for asking than just staring than staring and saying nothing because that's when you come across ignorant um so my children have always been raised been raised around such a diverse group of people um so from even before i came out they were around um lesbian and gay people so to them it's just it's just natural it's everyday thing like love is love and it is fine um because i think if you teach a child that from young they they see nothing yeah. they see nothing but children literally don't know like a difference between anything until you tell and so you're told so you're telling them it's it's wrong like not something's wrong something's right like i remember growing up and my a, a janitor of the school who knew every every everybody's mom like if you did something wrong in the, in the hallways the janitor would stop you and she i'm not saying her name but she, she she'd be like you keep acting that way. like you she wouldn't even be a teacher she just walked through the hallway sweeping she's like you keep acting that way and keep being alive i'm gonna tell your mama and you knew she would absolutely but um she i remember she lived next to my aunt and i go visit my aunt all the time and she had a a daughter around my age, a little bit older than me, and I would go play with her daughter. And as a child, I just thought we were just playing and having a good time. You know, I never thought twice about it. I just go, oh, can I go see so and so? And I'm like, yeah, go walk over there. And I walk over, and I was like, oh, can, and I'm gonna be like, hey, can I? Can, can she come out to play? It wasn't until I was like a little bit older, maybe a teenager or an adult. I I, I stopped seeing her, but I, I ran to a teenager or an adult, and I was like, and I saw her, and I was like, mom, what happened to her? And she was like, what do you mean? She's like, she's like, why is she acting that way? And she was like, Justin, she's always been that way. And I was like, and she had, uh, I think, a form of autism or like maybe Down syndrome or something. But like as a kid, I did notice that. I just thought she was having a good time with me, whatever, friends having fun. And it wasn't until I stopped seeing her for maybe like almost eight to ten years. And I saw her as an adult and she was still maybe in that same mindset yeah. we were having as, as a kid. And I was like, so yeah, like you said, like as a children don't know. Don't know what they don't know until the until you tell them, basically. Disability is, as you know, a huge passion of mine. Um, so my sister is, she has Asperger's syndrome. So I've grown up with disability my entire life. Um, and obviously two of my children are um, have additional needs. Um, so for me, it's it's even more paramount now. Like, don't judge somebody on their disability or their downfall because for me we don't even call them additional needs in our um in our household we call them added extras like it just makes you who you are it just makes you even more beautiful it just means that maybe you're more creative in this way than this other person and you know your hyperactivity makes you a great sportsman because you've got boundless energy you're you're willing to jump in there have a go um so now that i have my children um that is even more of a, a passion and an absolute um for me the world has to change we have to just view everyone for who they are um and yeah it's literally something that i will hold my banner for and you know educate people and gay pride flag in one hand, in one hand and the disability flag in the other hand absolutely <laughs> um, but yeah i just you know it's probably like a lot of people say rose tinted glasses but just i prefer to live in that naive world where you know everyone is especially in their own right and can be who they want to be when they want to be in america we call it living in the walgreens world oh okay because it's uh, every commercial in the states was, and uh, like they start off in the perfect world. You know, you no one's in pain, no one's having me- no one needs medicine. But it's like until then, you have Walgreens and you walk. It's, it's, a, it's a pharmacy, <laughs> but it's anyways. But, uh, I mean, I've been the parent who walks on the playground and everyone looks at because I'm not your run of the mill mum. 
I walk in with my, my two mixed race kids, my white kid and my, my Asian girlfriend. And we are the most far from normalized family in the entire world. And people make their, their mind up before they've spoken to me, before they've got to know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm for years I've been judged as this, like, um, especially with um, one of my children having ADHD, it looks like I just don't bother parenting them at all half the time. You know, um, oh, look, she doesn't invest time in her kids. She doesn't, you know, oh, it's too be, you know, she's too busy off with doing this, doing that. I said once, I might as well walk in with like last night's makeup, like ripped fishnet stockings and a bottle of vodka in my hand because that's what people have decided I am. And, you know, I sit there and go, that's, that's fine. If that's the, um, the thought pattern you want to have me, that's your own right. But at the same time, if you'd like to come and get to know who I am, sit down and have a conversation with me, I'm also okay with that. So. Yeah, we talked about, we talked about that before, about people who kind of, you know, I, I get subconscious about how like Scarlett will be screaming out in public, and I think people. I used to think when I saw that, like, oh, that's that kid. Just, that kid's bad. Like, someone needs to like discipline that kid or whatever. But then, like, as an, now that I have a kid, I realize like, wow, our kids just don't care. No. <laughs> they will do. You could say whatever you want to them, tell them a million times, and they will just do what they want, and you can't stop it. Like, Absolutely not. But and, and it's fun. Like, it's and, but but I couldn't imagine. You know, like I bet even you. I bet you couldn't imagine having. I guess what society would say is a normal kid, like you know, like uh, like what it's, it's, in my head that sounds boring. What is a, yeah, it, a a neurotypical normal child like? Exactly. Like, do you want someone? You want a child that doesn't have any creativity? No, that that doesn't have a, that speak their own mind. That doesn't, you know, that goes to school and just does exactly what the teacher said. Like, it's a bit, it makes it interesting to have a kid that like you know wants to do Absolutely. or thinks out of the box. I mean, you've met my three children. Yeah. Um, they're, completely they're all mine <laughs> they've all been raised the same way and they are all completely different from one another <laughs> like, like is it, I don't get how you have three completely opposite children from each other I, I have one that is uh, super loud and creative I have one that is don't speak to me I don't like people I'd like to read my book and then I have the other one who's like um, sport 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 and he's strictly he's literally just, just, <laughs> just in at 14 which is really scary <laughs> They're all completely different. And you know what? That's what makes my family so beautiful is they're all different and they're all passionate about their own things. And I can't wait to see how each of them develops, where they go with their life. And it's it's been an amazing journey so far. And um, you're right. Who wants to be the same as everybody else? Yeah. I sit there and think, what a boring world to live in. Yeah, you know, right? I know. <laughs> All right. Been serious. We've been we don't have much time left. So I'm going to I'm going to throw something out. Throw something at you. Okay. And we've been we've like we've, we've, we've had right. yeah, we've had like, you know, serious conversation. People know who you are. Uh so they might give a little insight on how you know you respond to this upcoming question. Okay. I mean, I'm feeling the pressure. Uh cuz you're looking at it and you don't know what I'm going to say. I have Justin's basically got loads of bullet points, <laughs> and I've been looking up and down as he's asking me questions, going, "What?" Yo, I've been sporadic and just throwing stuff back and forth at you. Um, this is what the podcast was before. It was basically just kind of like a radio show, and I was just asking people, okay. asking people, Jesus Christ, That's a classy uh, radio show. So, where do you stand on one night stands? And I ask you this solely based off the fact. That you've had a create, I would say, a very colorful past when it comes to your dating life, yeah. And people, and in, in your in between moments where you've been like in between relationships, where do you stand on one night stands? And I, I'll, I'll leave that to your own interpretation, how you want to answer it. I'm not going to explain any more okay. than that. So, I am quite, when it comes to sexual orientation, um, it's one of my favorite things to debate about. It's one of my favorite things to have. Uh, discussions about um because i'm i'm really open so i not that i struggle with monogamy but i don't feel it is the only avenue for relationships um when it comes to one night stands i i guess my standpoint is as long as you've got two consenting adults that both know what the situation is 
I don't see there's any problem with it. What would you classify as a one as night, a one night stand? stand? For me, a one night stand is hooking up with somebody that you do not know. Okay. Going home for that. There's no politeness because you can try whatever you want to try. You can do whatever you want to do because you are not going to see them again afterwards. You are here to have sex, maybe sleep over, and then you're going to do the walk of shame and you're going to leave. And I'm not going to ask for your number and I, I'm not planning on seeing you again, but thanks for the good times. That's my interpretation of a one night stand. That makes me nervous. Why does that make you nervous? Because <laughs> it makes me realize that I've never, I've had, never a had a stand. one night stand. <laughs> I'm so vanilla. Should we just um, pop it on your bucket list? God, man, that's that's like it's so. That's weird. my interpretation of one night stand, but you may have a different. interpretation. No, I mean, it, I, I would say that you know, it's, it's, but it's how I saw it. But I guess I saw it in, in a. I've always seen. I guess I've never done it because I've always saw it in a negative way. Like I always saw it as I, I'm gonna either make someone feel like trash or I'm gonna feel like trash. And I was like, I'm, I'm just. I, let me get to know you first. Let me exchange. Let me let's exchange niceties. Let, oh, let, let me get so you your. Need to have some feelings. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm a very emotional person, and everyone, if you know me, you know I'm very like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit sensitive. Um, you know I I want to get to know you. You know let me, let me let me know whose energy I'm gonna bring into my bedroom, or let me go into yours. So Wikipedia says, <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> a one night stand is a single sexual encounter in which there is an expectation that there shall be no further relations between the sexual participants. The practice can be described as sexual activity without emotional commitment or future involvement. Oh, no, that ain't me at all. That's not you. No. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I think if I, if I kiss somebody, I'm like, ooh, I think I love you. <laughs> but I think that's the other thing about everyone not being the same is everybody has different thoughts of, what they're okay with, what they're not okay with. I mean, I cannot put my hand on my heart and say I've never had a one night stand. Um, hussy. Hussy. <laughs> but I'm happy with my um, sexual repertoire. I've had a colourful. My children are going to be cringing. Um, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a colourful sexual background and I'm okay with that. Like... I think I had a conversation with you maybe last week or the week before saying how it still bugs me how women are not allowed to talk about how much they enjoy sex. Yeah, it's weird. Like, guys can still brag about it. For women, it's like, you can talk about it with like maybe your, your two close girlfriends. But other than that, you shouldn't be like, hey, I love sex and I, I like to try new things and I like to try this, that and the other. It's still quite taboo. And that really bothers me. And I think it goes back to the whole labeling thing again like um oh she's a hoe if she, yeah if she, she likes sex she a hoe yeah yeah but you know you're not turning that hoe down either so you know hmm. yeah that's, I, and it's funny because i again I, I i laugh at these things because i used to be the person that that was saying these negative things towards people and like i said it wasn't until i got you know i got a relationship and then i, I met I, I encountered situations and i had a daughter and all these things were like where i'm around more women i'm just like wow i was such a toxic person growing up um, but it was like, uh, it'd be like, my favorite quote was always, is like, oh, why, like one girl, like, why is it guys can always brag about how they had sex, but girls say it and they a hoe. It's like, why is it such a bad thing? And my response was always that the stupid, uh, a key that opens any door is called a master key, but a lock that, oh, a lock that opens, a, a lock that opens for any key is a bad lock. <laughs> That is terrible. I'm not proud of it. I I'm literally the guy. I'm the I, I used to be the guy who I talk so much trash on now. Like, but I I, I matured. I grew. I think I'm grateful for people who stuck with me uh, during my <laughs> flourishing during my during my growth because I was I was a stereotypical. Oh I was a stereotypical guy who, but I also didn't. But I also wasn't. I, I wasn't having sex. You know. I, I I don't know how many people. I mean, guys were. We were in high school. Like now, I look back at it. I'm pretty sure a lot of guys were lying about. I was gonna say, was it like everyone's having sex by you? Was it like, oh yeah, we're all having sex, and actually, none of them are having sex at all. They don't even know how to do that. Yeah, that's kind of where I got made fun of so much because I, I wasn't writing about right it. now, and he's just like, I'm not having sex, and I don't care. And I'm like, again, super proud that you're like, I'm not doing it. I don't care if you're doing it, whatever. Um, but. So my question to you is, you, you're out, obviously this is 
COVID's not here anymore and you can go out past 10 o'clock to the bars and stuff. So you hook up with somebody, like, you, you know, okay. you'll talk to somebody and then you go back and then you have sex. Stay with me. Don't be nervous. <laughs> so, so you I, started, your I started closing <laughs> off, guys, just so you know. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you're drunk, so you've had sex, you fall asleep and then the morning's like, okay, well, thanks. And then you want you want breakfast. She leaves. You want eggs. And she's like, no, I don't. Um, last night was great. Can, can I can I have your number? <laughs> should, should we try this again sometime. How would you feel that she's absolutely fine with that? Was great last night, and thanks. You really scratched. You know, oh, itched my scratch. I scratched your itch. Oh itch no, I'm your back scratcher. Oh god, I don't. Um, how would you feel? Like she's just out. And this you're is like, why. Can I get your number? And you're like, she's like, no. This I'm is good. why I tell. I, uh, like, I always told. Like I told Brittany, I was like, "Yo, I, I the idea of being single scares scares the crap out of me." I was like, "I was like, would you feel kind of a bit used or yeah, like because for instance, I never had the I didn't went through the Tinder phase, for instance." I and, think anyone should go through their Tinder phase <laughs> to be fair. And so, like, but 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 when because when it got popular, I was living on an island, and so when Tinder got big, I was on a tropical island. So you saw everyone, and so and I, I and to be real, I don't think I'm a very picture worthy person. So and so I, I and then like so now it's like. And even growing up in high school, I wasn't having sex, you know, until I met my first girlfriend in a relationship. I was like 18 years old at the time. Uh, through, shut up. <laughs> through college, I didn't have sex because I was just a shy guy. Military, I mean, I just, I, was, I wasn't the guy who was just going out clubbing. So, because the idea of, like you said, all right, well, thanks for scratching my itch. I'll see you later. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me. I'm not, I'm not a washcloth, man. You can't just throw me to the side once you're done. You come out here and love me. Like, that's because in my head, that's just how I was taught. I was, I was raised, you know, sex is between a, you know, that's so bad to say, but sex is between a man and a woman, and you need to be, have feelings for each other, and that's the point blank period to the end of it. And like I said, it wasn't until I was older when I was like, I started getting my own views, and I was like, okay, maybe you can enjoy it, but maybe I still need to have feelings for you. So I can't, me personally, I'm not against, to be clear for everyone, I'm not against one night stands. I think, like I said, I want you both consent, right. consenting so adults, do, do you, have fun, like, shh, have a blast. Uh, but where do you stand on um, types of relationships? Obviously, you've just said growing up, sex is between a man and a woman. Um, I've, I've encountered so many people that are like, well, lesbians don't have sex. Oh what what? There's no penetration. Oh yeah no 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 I'm not no no I'm not not that but naive. No, in no. terms of different types of relationships, so um, I'm fascinated by polyamorous relationships, or um, what would it be in in the states? Um, polygamy. Polygamy. Oh yeah. Um, that fascinates me. <laughs> same. Who <laughs> same? But I also sit there and go, oh, it still hasn't moved on from the ages because you can have seven wives, but I can only have one husband. Um, but in terms of, are you um, not open to, but are you appreciative of the variety of different relationships? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess again, I, I, I like, like I like this thing now that I'm older. And I've, I've looked at how I used to think, and I, I look at how like bad it was, or well, not bad, but just different. My closed off my mindset was. So as an adult now, I, I, I pride myself in how like open I am to suggestions, or like people telling me their ideas, or people telling me their views, or how they are. And I'm just like, this is great. Like, I, tell me more. I love this. And and hearing how free people can be and happy people can be, uh, with their own beliefs. So like uh. Oh, what was it? Uh, I'm not sure what what religion it is, but like I said, you know, they can have like three wives, and the wives are okay with it, and the husbands are husband is okay with it. And I'm just like, really? T- tell me more. Like this is interesting, and it's like I I think it's, such, it's like if, if you're all okay with it, I'm fine with it. It makes it's, ex- it's it's exciting for me to hear about it that you're you found a way to be so okay with something society has deemed so like the the mass society has deemed so like has damned it, but you're like I don't care. I'm gonna do it this way, or like the people who what was it the um. I watched the show Swingers, Swingers show. Okay, yeah. And and his, and these people were just like they like the whole parties. Like there's they were just oh I'm gonna come share my husband, share my wife with you. And I'm like this is this is great. Like and they're so okay with it because they'd go home and they after, after this this weekend they'd go back home and live a normal life. And this was this was their fix. This is the way they the one couple said this was the way their 
they kept their sanity. They stayed happy. It was like you know every three month, three to four months, they they realized they were they were hitting a, st- a stagnant point. So they'd go out, spice it up. Yeah, they go out, spice it up, come back, and they would have it for three or four months again. And it was like their normal okay. thing. And it's and it, they were married for almost sixty years. You know, it, it, this is an older couple. You know, but it, but it's but it, for you to be an older couple and to realize that. Like, I imagine, like, you know, you start, open your mind at a younger age. Like, you're 18 years old, and you realize, like you said, monogamy, um, I said mahogany, fucking wood. Uh, <laughs> um, but you realize, like, maybe monogamy isn't for you. Yeah. But, you but, but but everyone's telling you, oh, you need to be in a relationship to be happy. But you realize, like, why, why is it fair for you to tell me I'm only allowed to love one person for the rest of my life? I know. I mean, the one thing that um, I have found refreshing is um meals is in in secondary school so high school and she's so she's going to be 14 end of this year most of her female friends that she hangs around with at school i'd say 75 percent of them are either bisexual or gay and they're out okay. already oh that's, that's awesome and i was like that's so refreshing um she's like oh it's awkward when they're like girls in the friendship group are dating each other and they break up and you know choose sides that's she's just like i just don't choose sides like i wasn't dating them it's not my problem you know and that's just that that's just her thought pattern you know but i was like that's great like because i probably would have come out sooner if i was if it was more socially acceptable to come out at at, at school Mm -hmm. but I haven't heard of as many uh, boys coming out at school or being openly gay at school. That still seems way too, you know, that's not okay. But it's perfectly okay or more okay now for girls to be bisexual or or gay at school. Because this is an older country. Now I'm looking at it. This is an older country. And where I'm from in the States, we'll we'll close this off soon. uh, where I'm from in the States, a lot of black families from the South uh, are predominantly just just moms. Or you're raised by your grandma, your aunts, and your mom, your sisters. And so a lot of men who come out as gay uh, maybe do it at an earlier age. Can do it at an early age because they are, they're around women and women are more accepting of certain things. Whereas, you know, maybe here, it's a lot of like it's an old country, and a lot of men like don't have kids. So maybe like in their thirties and forties. So you're stuck in your mindset, your your father's mindset of you know like you know men 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 make men go make money and do things, and women stay women home. And, and, and yeah, and you need to be with a woman. You need to be with a housemaker. And so I, I can see, I I'm not I'm not saying I understand it, and I'm not saying I condone it, but I can see maybe the mindset of all right, my dad's my dad's here, and he's just. I rules with an iron fist in the household. If I come out as this, he, yeah. he might not love me. He might disown me. Let me wait until I'm on, I can I can sustain myself before I say that. But I mean, at least like I say, I can see there is a stark difference and change is coming, yeah. which is is um, I'm all for. So, um, so to close up, uh, we are we decided that we're going to leave one positive. Okay. Each podcast. Ooh. So. What's your positive, positive, sorry, from um, from the last week? Your one memorable positive moment. I was walking through St. Nids with Scarlett, and literally everyone decided to stop me. Because I've never actually walked through St. Nids with her before. I've only ever gone to the park and driven places. I decided we can walk to the bookstore. So we walked over the bridge, walked to the bookstore, and I, I can't lie to you, I lie to you not, every single person stopped us. It was it turned to a thirty minute walk, not only because she walked slow, but because <laughs> everyone wanted to stop us. I'm like, oh my god, she is the cutest thing. She was wearing bright yellow and she was wearing all yellow. Did she remember to smile? And no, she doesn't. You know, Scarlett doesn't say, smile. She, come on, she has a mom. She has a mom. She has a mom's face. That's the mom's face. Uh, but yeah, it's she and so and everyone just stopped and told her how, told her how pretty she was and like so I, and she was such a good she was such a good girl that day like she she didn't cry she didn't do anything so I went to the bookstore and she grabbed the book and. She looked at me and she was like, like pretty basically looked at me and, and like in my in her eye, with her eyes, told me you're buying this book for me. And so I bought her, I bought her three books because yeah. she, she loves books. And uh, yeah, it's my good, my good. It was like my happiness was like that was probably the best day I had with her in a long time because everyone was just telling her how cute she was. She was such a good girl. She went to this bookstore, walked directly to the book she wanted to buy. She picked it up. It was a, it was a struggle for me to get get it from her, but yeah, like yeah, that was my good, my positive. How about nice. you. 
Um, I think my positive would be uh, Amelia started her ukulele lessons this, this week at school. Um, and she came home and um, was quite quiet about it. Um, but then I was hanging out laundry and she was in her room just playing the ukulele. You could hear her kind of um, listening to videos and I was like she's actually really good afterwards <laughs> so it was just so nice to um, even though she's not big on sharing in terms of verbalizing it just to hear her in her room like with determination trying to learn a new skill um, and starting a new journey so that was probably my positive is that she did something that probably terrified her um, and she she's going through and she's she's continuing with it. So that's that's my positive for the week. I do remember you saying that. I, I remember saying I was like, watch her be really good at it and her like fall in love with it. Yeah. And she starts making YouTube videos of her singing like Moana or something. So I've started googling ukuleles for Christmas. <laughs> so that's where we're at. But all right, that's, uh, that's all we have time for today. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're listening to this point, please go to Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Follow, rate, leave a comment because apparently that's how you get noticed on Apple Podcasts. What's everyone keeps telling me? Uh, I have a Spotify and I don't keep up with YouTube, so I'm probably gonna get yelled at for saying that by Janine once this is over. So I'm gonna we probably be, we'll be continuing with the YouTube. <laughs> uh, so I need to play yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. The Misplaced American. I was lucky enough to get that name from all all services. Uh, so. I hope everyone has a good day, good night, good drive to work, good morning. Uh, Be blessed and make good choices.